0: How's that, guys? (laughs) I guess we'll have to edit this or something. Can you guys hear me all right? You should be able to. You want it a little louder? I actually just changed over my audio, so it makes sense there. uh, It makes sense as to why this might be an issue. Um, all right. Okay. So guys, anyway, back to what we were talking about here. So again, we're going to do a live stream episode here, as you guys can probably already tell we're live. Uh, we haven't done one of these in a long time, so maybe that's why we had some technical difficulties, but, um, uh, I do want to do a couple announcements to start off. Um, but we're going to be talking about in this, this live stream episode here, we're going to talk about the um, the varieties that I really enjoy this year, how the season sort of went, really a preliminary look into what varieties I'm getting rid of, what I'm keeping, uh, what are the, the best varieties I grow, um, really my whole thought process on just varieties of figs in general because things have certainly changed and um, we've learned a lot this year. This really was a big learning experience this year. So uh, we're going to just go through that whole thing. Then we're going to do a QA and a at the end. So as you guys know, if you've been a part of the live streams, just post your comment, your question in the chat, and I will get back to uh, your question at the end of the video when we do the Q&A. Um, so I guess the first announcement really is that the Staten Island Fig Festival happened once again this year but it was virtual. And unfortunately um, I wasn't able to be there, but I was actually in a part, I was a part of the event. Um, There was a very strange (laughs) uh, group chat that occurred before the event. And there was a lot of my friends and people I have spoken to and have seen a lot of um, among the FIG community. They were in this big Zoom chat prior and it, it just seemed quite unorganized from the very beginning. Um, but Pamela Silvestri, she got the whole thing together and I just found out that there's now this, um, this page on Staten Island live. You guys can only hear through one ear. Okay. Interesting. You may have to just change this whole thing. You may have to go back to a different setup here, but let me know if you can hear out of multiple ears now. <laughs> I may have just messed that up even further, but I got myself, for anyone that is interested and wants to know, I got myself a uh, a Scarlett Solo, which is basically a nice little recording device that, well, it's, it's like an interface for your microphone, and this way it should be better in terms of recording audio i can really adjust on the fly but anyway can you still hear it out of one ear or or what what's the deal <laughs> uh i'll just continue as we figure this out but um yeah so i was actually in the event and uh they put it together here on the staten island live so i'll, I'll put this i oh yeah, i did put the the link in the um in the chat and there was a number of videos on like actually making Uh, using figs in the kitchen. Uh, some like pizza we've, I've actually done a video on making fig pizza. Uh, this one seemed pretty good, which was like a lot of, um, some kind of bread. I couldn't tell exactly really thin flaky bread with, uh, figs. And I think there was some goat cheese and prosciutto and then honey. And then, um, there was another video about this guy. This guy had the best thing, it looked like. He really knew what he was doing, this guy. Um, but basically, he made this uh, this flatbread here. I think it was a baguette, he said. And then he topped it with goat cheese, you can see here. And then he topped it with some salt and some pepper, and then he topped it with some figs, and then he put on um, arugula, some olive oil, more salt and pepper, the verjute on top, and then... I think he had one more ingredient maybe some honey oh yeah he put on some hot honey which I thought was a really good touch uh, I actually have some of that stuff for anyone that's interested it's really good um, Mike's hot honey this stuff's like the best and if anyone um, has ever tried it, I'm sure you can attest but it's basically like a spicy honey And I feel like this actually would go really well with what he did. So I love to put this stuff on Brussels sprouts. Um, But anyway, so yeah, that was sort of the event. And then because they did it virtually and there was supposed to be a panel of people and there was, you know, there was a panel of people of five of us. Um, Danny Gentile, um, I think Coop was a part of it. Jamie was supposed to be a part of it. I was a part of it. And then Peter Kandari. And I think Danny and Peter were at the event there live when they were doing some of these live events because they did like a dinner and some kind of sit down thing. And yeah, I don't know. But um, it's good to know at least that my video and Jamie's video was at least at some point on this website. And it wasn't all a waste, I guess. But uh, it seemed like a pretty good thing if – if it all came together at one time but you can always go back and uh and watch it here that's why i wanted to share it with you guys um also uh we did a a giveaway today for anyone that has been following along on the on facebook on our figs on instagram on youtube i mean anywhere i've been posting this everywhere even on the blog i got people into it and it was really for a good cause we did a Our first fig right here. And uh, this one was White Triana. I had actually quite a few people guess. I was really surprised that that many people had guessed. There's probably at least 60, maybe even 80. I didn't count, but if I estimate correctly, it might even be somewhere around 80. But 80 people guessed, and really only two people got it before I had released the the answer, which was White Triana. So uh, basically what you guys can do... And what this whole event was about was that I'm posting – excuse me, guys. I'm posting a photo of the fruit, of the fig cut open, and then you have to identify the variety. If you get it right, you're the first two people to identify the variety. Um, I will notify you, let you know that you won, and then you can win – you're going to win cuttings um, that will be sent to you in December uh, from me of that particular variety that you guessed so the two people who won this particular one was uh kim and uh some guy named zom v i think is how you pronounce his name on our figs yep zom v and then uh or maybe you could say zombie but um the point is is that those two people uh did end up winning some cuttings they uh they sent me um, some money through PayPal, because that's part of this, is that I am requiring you guys, whoever the winners are, um, to support two of the recent uh, tragedies really that have happened um, in the United States and across uh, really the fig community, is that um, my friend Doug over in California, um, he lives very close to Paradise, California, and for those of you guys who following along with the fires in california you know that paradise pretty much burned to the ground and um that's obviously not good so um a lot of people lost their homes their livelihoods i mean i think uh, doug even said his son lost his entire home um in this most recent fire someone else on the forum um Eric had apparently lost his home as well. I saw a photo of that. Um, I did end up speaking with Doug and he <clears throat> is doing well. He just um, he says it's really been nice because he's been or the way he's been getting through it he, sh- he should I should say is that um, he's just been helping other people and that's been helping him get through um, the craziness the tragedies that have been going on so um, makes a lot of sense. And that was really what I was worried about is really, I mean, if anybody, if, if you're a friend of anybody, you know, um, that's kind of the one thing you should really worry about. You know, if any tragedy affects any of your friends is like, well, what is your mental state? You know, just to make sure your friend's doing all right. So Doug <clears throat> seems to be doing fine and uh, his son seems to be doing all right. Um, you know, I don't know a whole lot, but point is that uh, half of the money that I raised through this uh, these giveaways that I'm going to do, because this is going to be a consecutive thing over the next few days on the blog, um, we'll raise some money towards that. And also, some people have already started to support um, the causes, actually. Um, believe it or not, uh, another tragedy also hit Louisiana, which is Hurricane Laura, and um when I talked to actually I talked to Joe Puckett which is JD as some people refer to him as um he he was really the the guy who maintained uh the Southern Figs forum before it it died and um you know Joe's been growing figs as long as I have he got into this pretty much I think the same year that I did and then he got really into it and started breeding all these different varieties and he has many orchards like a lot of land of these seedlings that he has been breeding for a very long time. I mean, he put a lot of energy and effort into it. And um you know, I don't know obviously know what extent his orchard what it all looked like and all that, but um I can tell you that uh Joe is really passionate about it and um it's just a tragedy because I was talking to him before the hurricane came in and he was actually saying that there was going to be two hurricanes. He was going to be smack dab in the middle of two hurricanes at the same time. And I was like, wow, that sounds nuts. I mean, when has that ever happened? And he was saying the same thing. So yeah, it was just really crazy. And, um, obviously I found out someone had sent me this GoFundMe page. I think Bonnie on Facebook sent this to me. Actually. Yeah. Bonnie was the one organizing the The fundraiser and um yeah this is his page right here um you can read more about it and some people have already donated and uh it's just it's just crazy he lost his home i haven't even been able to contact joe because i'm assuming uh you know his whole life is just upside down right now so kind of just insane really, the whole thing, California, this, it's just crazy. So I wanted to actually sell some trees with some of the other people that have been selling trees on our figs. Cause that's, you know, something else that's been going on is that on our figs, this whole thing was created here. And, um, I'll tell you that I just didn't have any trees to sell. <laughs> I have plenty of trees. It's just that, I The last month or so, I've been so busy that um, I really haven't uh, watered my trees. I've neglected them. So they dropped a bunch of their leaves. It's not like they're dead or anything, but you can't really sell a tree without any leaves or very little leaves, you know. So I figured it wouldn't even be worth it, Um, but they'll be back next year and everything will be all right, so... Uh yeah I decided to go with cuttings, and that's what we'll do we' we'll, are gonna give away some cuttings as we go have people donate actually one of the pers- one of the people who won already today donated more than the fifteen dollars I was asking for so that's great i think um you know a minimum of fifteen is I think not asking that much, especially for what you're getting um and then also um There's a part two already. So there's a second variety here that uh, no one has seemed to have guessed just yet. So this one's still up for grabs. It looks a bit strange, I must say. And I think this one's going to be a bit difficult, but I have a feeling someone's going to get lucky, um, or at least two winners will get lucky on this one. And um, yeah, I think those are the main announcements I wanted to make with you guys. I do now want to talk about figs so let's do that and let's bring up some of my favorite really I think we could start with the favorites and this will really I think make some sense um, when we talk about what varieties we're getting rid of because it's gonna it's gonna really I think explain things very clearly so uh, what we'll do is I think we'll bring up our spreadsheet here anyone wants to see this by the way or any of the links um, Here's the link to the um, to the giveaway. The link to the Staten Island festival is um, in the chat as well. And then any of the if you guys want to support Joe or Doug or any of the victims of this whole craziness, that is on the uh, the blog post that I also put in chat. It's in the description, and then the spreadsheet here is also in the description. So everything's either in the description or in the chat. Uh, you guys can find it. Um, so what I did was I decided to create this little thing here because people keep asking me and my my opinions, honestly, guys, keep changing. And they're going to change probably even just in this video. So this is not final. This is still preliminary. I still have to really think about this. But I can tell you for sure I've narrowed down some pretty solid choices that i think a lot of you guys will um really benefit from anybody in a a humid climate can really benefit from this and um this will really explain i think a big difference between somebody who's growing figs in a dry climate and somebody who's growing figs in a humid climate and what are the varieties you guys should be go you should be focusing on in those places so Here's it really in a nutshell. Here's really the main message of this whole this whole episode that I really want to get across to you guys is that first off, I'm an idiot and I didn't necessarily understand. It took me so long to get this. really did. It took me so long to get this and I feel like if I just knew this from the beginning, I mean, I would have a lot less headache and I probably would have more figs. I probably would have figs of better quality. I probably would have... Just an overall better outlook, I'd be, I don't know, you know, this is kind of like that big realization you come to years down the road and you're like, oh, I've been kicking my, I've been shooting myself in the foot this whole time, you know? Um. So this is saving you guys so much time. It's incredible, but you really have to listen, okay? Because if you don't really hear what I have to say, it might not click and it might not register in your brain. I mean... Not Nothing against you guys, but just saying something once or even saying it once and uh, and then repeating it isn't going to work either. I mean, you really have to say it in multiple different ways for it to really, I guess, click. And maybe in, even if somebody told me this in the beginning, I don't even know if I would have uh, really listened to it or understood it or followed their advice. But essentially, if you live in a humid place, you grow figs in a humid climate, and this probably can be determined if you get, I don't know, probably anywhere somewhere around 30 inches of rain annually or more. Let's say that. If you get 30 inches of rain in your season or more, and a good amount of that rain is in the, the summer and the fall, you, t- you you could say that you live in a humid climate, at least in terms of growing figs, let's just say. Um, <clears throat> so if you're one of those people, in fig terms, I should say, um, you are trying to go for figs that have a particular shape. The shape is the most important thing um, than anything else. I... I I'm really shocked to be saying this, but the shape is so, so important that you, if you were to grow the wrong shape, believe it or not, it just, like, you know how, you know how certain figs, guys, when you look at the color on the interior, it matches to, it usually matches, not always, but most of the time, it matches to particular flavor, right? So the red ones on the inside taste like berries, The maybe the yellow ones taste like, Honey or melons or brown sugar whatever right the shape is going to correspond to the split resistance. I would say I would say nine I would say 99 times out of 100 the shape. so what we're looking for here and I could you know what <clears throat> I can bring this up here in a second let me, let me get Ponza's book. So, if you follow, if you have Pons' book, this will really, really help, okay? This will really get my point across, I think. Um, because in his book, it's not like he's mentioned this, this realization that I came to, but there are plenty of other people who have mentioned this before, you know, like Ison and, and uh, Condit have definitely described that a fig that's more teardrop in shape, like, celeste as an example take celeste it's a really teardrop shaped fig it can shed rain a lot easier and and therefore does better with rain but i find believe it or not it doesn't really necessarily matter i think how big the fig is i mean there is probably a little bit of how how large or how small the fig is but A lot of it is in the the shape of the fig so if you have the right shape you will have the best split resistance possible and somewhere in his book there we go he mentions the different shapes that figs can have okay so you guys see that right there right in the center there is the different shapes can't get it any closer for you guys, I apologize. Probably, I can't get it any clearer either. And I don't think this exists online. But you can see, uh, really, three of the four, three of the six shapes that Pons mentions here are more elongated than the others. The other three are more flat and more round. Um, one of them is uh, shaped like an oval. And I'll show you really the perfect example of what an oval fig looks like, which is right here. This one's called Moro de Caneva, and you can see it really is an oval, right? Then you can get figs also that uh, are shaped, this is a pretty decent example, I guess. What fig is this, by the way? White Madeira number 1. Then you can get figs, I guess, that are shaped like, uh, well, maybe it is, maybe it's not. But he calls them um, cucurbiform, cucurbiform, I don't know. So basically that means it has a longer neck and a fat, flat bottom. So this one's not necessarily that, but... You could say that this one's pyroform. So pyroform is basically that teardrop shape that you'll see. This is really a good example of a pyroform fig. This is the white triana I harvested yesterday. So it basically has you know, a decently long neck and then a body that comes out sort of in an oval shape. Um, Celeste is really the perfect example of this. Um yeah, so that's pretty I think that's that's a pretty good way of putting it now the the two shapes that I recommend for humid climates are basically the ones that are ovals, so either something like this, like Moro de Caneva. another one that you could say is I guess oval is actually I just looked at this fig. This fig looks pretty oval. You could I guess make an argument that it is pyroform, right? Um, it is have a, si- it has a similar shape to Celeste-ish, right? They're not always going to be exact what that is, by the way. This one's a bit, we <clears> as well. But not every fig is going to fit this exact thing exactly the way you want it, right? Let me show you a picture of Celeste real quick. Here's by the way some Galicia Negra, which uh, is you could make an you could say is either a circle, so it would be asphérica or Yerusalado. So this one here for sure, this is Paradiso from Ciro. Yep. So Paradiso Ciro is a very flat fig very very flat in fact it's almost it's very round and that would be this one here on the uh, the photo so basically this one right there is just basically a circle you got a voidal down there right next to a voidal in the center is the pyroform the one in the center above it is called um, cucuriform <laughs> and basically that one above it just has a longer neck and a fatter bottom to it. Not as much of an oval or a teardrop shape. And then the um, urusolato is a really common form that you'll see on the bottom row, all the way away from my finger is the urusolato, And that one is basically the perfect shape that people love to go for um, when they see a fig like Black Madeira. So Black Madeira has a, a flat shape to it, but it's got that slight neck to it. And basically if you think about, really, if you think about any fig that's flat or round, think about it with me here. Think about any flat or round fig and tell me if it if you if you think it splits, if it has been known to split at all. Galicia Negra splits. Paradiso bode or Ciro splits. This one here is a circle. This is a circle. Um, I don't remember exactly. This one's be all. So this one can split as well. Um, What is this one here? Don't know. Uh, Kapol Kurt Negra. This is another great example. This one's a urisolato form where it's got the neck, but at the bottom of it is flat or round. So essentially, what I'm trying to say here, here's another good one. This is um, Black Portuguese, which is basically Black Madeira. Flat, round. You know, it's another good one that people constantly overlook and think, well, it might, it must do really well. But Ron de Bordeaux, RDB, actually is a round fig. It might be a small fig. So here's the distinction here, is that people, and I, including myself, I thought, well, the fig has to be small, right? If the fig's small, it's probably not going to split nearly as much. Here's pastelier. Pastelier is known to split as well, but guess what? Pastelier doesn't have a teardrop shape. See the stem? Here's the stem, but the actual shape of the fig is flat or round, So any of these flat or round figs are going to split at least significantly higher than any of the others. Again, here's Ronde Bordeaux. I've had plenty of Ronde Bordeaux uh, this year off of my in-ground trees, off my potted trees. Almost all of them split. And it's really quite interesting because people really love that fig, especially people who are in a climate similar to mine. I know they love it because it's great in short seasons, you know, it does well, obviously, the colder you are, um, you know, and in, in fact, myself, I would consider it, I've actually, I would consider it a keeper, but I've downgraded it to a keeper, it used to be in this top tier list here, you know, these are the top varieties right now that we're going to go through, um, so, this is a, I think this is really a great example is that Rondé Bordeaux is such a strange anomaly though, because even though it does split quite often, it seems to still be able to dry on the tree or come close to drying on the tree really quite often. I mean, it's not necessarily a dried fig, but definitely something that shrivels up. It turns into like a plum fig candy. It's really quite interesting and it's a great fig and it's so many different ways as you can see here i mean these are like amazing these and i've had so many of these this year where they just pretty much shriveled up and i got to eat some really incredible tasting ronde bordeaux some obviously you know i picked them a bit early and it is what it is even though it splits it's such a weird thing it still has the ability to to um to continue ripening without fermentation um, but here's the issue with me, okay, is that I'm I'm eventually gonna sell these figs. That's my plan was this year, and it didn't work out. But next year is definitely that's definitely what's gonna happen. So how am I gonna sell a Ronde Bordeaux that has an open eye to it? That has if, if if I pick it, it's now on the counter. It's probably easier for it to ferment. It's easier for ants to get in. It's easier for just anything bad to happen in general. Um, it's probably not going to last nearly as long on the shelf. Why Why would I hold this fig in such high regard, you know, in terms of a commercial standpoint? In terms of a, you know, maybe as a hobbyist standpoint from just eating figs, I think, yeah, I think it's a really good fig to grow, which is why I consider it a keeper, Right. Um, but the fact that it's round, it almost guarantees essentially that it's not going to work out in the long run, because I'll tell you why there's other varieties here that I have any of these for the most part that have the right shape, um, or have close to the right shape. Um, and they almost never split. They almost never give me an issue. And I'm almost always... Going to pick them with consistency at the highest quality possible. So, knowing that, um, Ron DeBardeau just has to be taken a back seat. It has to be, you know, downgraded. So, even a fig like Pastelier, which you can make an argument is just as good, if not better, than Ron DeBardeau. Um, I would make an argument that actually it is better than Rondé Bordeaux. If you have a Pastillier that doesn't split, it's mature, it's tastier than Rondé Bordeaux, or it doesn't drop figs, I should say, it'll be tastier than Rondé Bordeaux. You know, it might not even split as much either, um, even though Pastelier also splits. But there's the point right there, is that it also splits. So... It's just quite difficult, and I'm not saying I'm giving up on Rondé Bordeaux. I'm not saying I'm giving up on Pastelier, but they're now way down on the list because I've had this realization. So people that are in the opposite climate of me that live in a, uh, you know, a drier climate, you don't necessarily have to care about the shape, Um, or at least I haven't figured out a particular shape that might be better for you guys in a drier place, Right. Certainly, if the fig is flatter, I have noticed as well, um, the flatter the fig, uh, the more cracking it can potentially get as well. The wider the cracking can potentially be as well. The more elongated it is, the more oval or teardrop shape it has, the less cracking it gets, Um, the less splitting it gets. So if I'm trying to have the highest fruit quality possible, which I've talked about on the blog, I've talked about it on Fruit Talk, What are the things that you want in a, in a humid climate to get the highest fruit quality possible? Well, it's right here in the blog that we did. One, it has to ripen at the right time, right? Two, um, it has to have a short hang time. And then three, it's got to have that superior rain resistance, split resistance, cracking resistance, resistance to temperature swings. And then above all else is actually superior drying capabilities. Usually if it has superior drying capabilities, it has the rest of these. It has everything else perfect. So that's what I'm trying to get at here in this little lesson. If you walk away from anything on this video, is that if you live in a dry place and you see a fig that isn't the right shape, you should immediately be thinking, it should immediately click in your head. Oh, well. I guess i can't grow that one or i'm not going to grow this one with the intention of uh you know of expecting a lot of high quality fruits from it i think that's that's a reasonable expectation a reasonable thought that should go through everyone's mind that lives in a a humid place and instead it should be oh this fig is now an oval shape this fig has the teardrop shape these are the figs that i want and size you know i haven't yet to be able to determine if truly a smaller fig is going to ensure that it splits less or cracks less or dries easier i don't think that has anything to do with it because i have a fig here that i harvested the other day called white triana and you can see that has the perfect shape it almost never splits it doesn't crack and it dries pretty well on the tree and this is a pretty big fig this is like um, you can see how big it is in my hand in relation to my hand that fig's probably at least 60 rams if I had a guess so for me I'm like all right well there it is there's the realization and, and you know here's if I were if I lived in a dry climate here's how I would take this right here's how I would think about this instead Well, there might be a shape or there might be a particular style of fig that doesn't spoil in crazy amounts of heat. Because some of you guys, you might live in like a really extreme climate. You know, if you guys live in, let's say, a dry place, but it doesn't get necessarily too hot all the time, well, you're not necessarily going to be too concerned with spoilage, right? You know, you guys are probably just going to be concerned with. Um, if the fig is getting exposed, because again, and it doesn't matter where you live. If the interior of the fig is getting exposed to the outside elements, that's not a good thing. So I guess the flatter the fig, it just in general, the more likely it could split, the more likely it could be exposed to the elements. It could crack. So maybe there's also a potential there, um, that it could spoil, have a higher chance of spoilage. I don't know. You're going to have to figure that out for yourself. But if you have 110 degree weather, as Blaine just said in Texas, um, you're going to have an issue with spoilage. So you're going to be trying to find a fig for the most part that can withstand 110 degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, that's going to be your big challenge. That's going to be what you're really looking for. And maybe there is going to be something, some realization that you have at some point in the future, but let's just say you live in the perfect climate, you live in the perfect world. It's a lot less likely than it is here, as it probably is, that you're going to have troubles growing figs, that you're going to have troubles, I should say, ripening figs to perfection consistently. Well, then you're just going to go with whatever tastes the best, right? I mean, that's at least a decent place to start is like, all right, well, I guess you could think about this from a viewpoint as I did when I first started, I was like, well, what are the figs that are going to taste the best, right? Then I was like, oh, well, not just what are they going to taste the best, let's try something that's different. Let's try to find something that has a different flavor profile to it. Let's find something that's a little bit unique compared to the rest. Um, But for the most part, I think you could probably use that mindset of what I just mentioned and have the mindset of just, well, what tastes the best and probably just run with that. And if you ran with that you probably wouldn't be disappointed at you know assuming you got the right climate um unfortunately for me i have just taken a very realistic approach and i think this is my sixth year or something like that my sixth fig season at this point um so i'm just being more realistic in the sense that yeah i am going to start selling these figs the actual fruits but Also, even if I wasn't selling the fruits and I was just eating them, it just gets annoying, guys. At a certain point, you've been doing this long enough, it gets real annoying when you put a lot of time and a lot of energy, a lot of dedication, you look forward to this time of the year every year only to find that the rain or something's happening to your figs and you're not able to enjoy them. Consistently at the highest quality that you know possible. I don't enjoy figs, guys, that are not ripe. They're not good. So, this is why people, you know, some people have a really bad rap about figs. It's kind of crazy because there's so many diehard people, and then there's actually a lot of people who don't enjoy figs. If you look at growingfruit.org, it's a community of people who grow fruit and they talk about their favorite fruits. Um, there's a thread there. They talk about their favorite fruits or they talk about their most disappointing fruit. There was a large majority of people who said their most disappointing fruit to grow was the fig. So, you know, it's all about the right genetics. It's all about having that right variety for your climate so that you can pick that fig at the perfect ripeness. Otherwise, you're just not going to enjoy them. You're really not going to be saying the same things that i'm saying that i've been saying for years so if you're one of those people that are truly disappointed with figs then you gotta you gotta do the right thing you know you gotta come in come into this process with the right mindset getting them ripe to perfection is really the only thing that's going to change your mind and if you've had that you've tasted that and you still don't like figs then you can say at that point you don't like figs but until you do that i don't think you can say you don't like figs but you know, that's my personal opinion, I guess. Um, so there it is, guys. There's the real lesson in all of this, is that we gotta have the right shape. So it really came to a huge realization this year because of that. Cause I had figs this year like um that ripened for me for really the first time or I got more exposure to things like Preto de Torres Novas, which is actually a really tasty fig and more of the Turmo this year. Um, what other figs did I get that really disappointed me because they just ended up splitting and, you know, Rondé Bordeaux is another one as an example. They just, you know, I wasn't able to enjoy them. Rondé Bordeaux, of course I was, but, you know, when they split like that and you have fruit flies everywhere, it's really just, it's it's very sad. And Here's the other thing, I guess. I didn't mention the fruit flies, but if you got figs that split and they're starting to ferment, it attracts the fruit fly and then the fruit flies go crazy. They start to, uh, you know, obviously put out um, more offspring and that life cycle continues and it just gets worse. It's compounded. Um, So if you have a fig, let's say, that starts to ferment, that starts the whole process. Any fruit or any Any fruit in your yard that starts to ferment. This is why I always say, pick up all the fallen fruit in your yard, guys, because that fallen fruit is then going to give an insect, whatever it is, a home. So, you know, in terms of the fig, those fall on the ground. In terms of your strawberries, you don't pick all your strawberries. They start to ferment. It's going to attract the SWD. My black cherry tree in the backyard, that's a huge shade tree, produces thousands of cherries every year if the birds don't come in and eat every single cherry, they're going to ferment. They're going to fall to the ground. They're going to attract attract the fruit fly. Same thing with my raspberries. If you don't pick all the raspberries, you don't pick all the peaches. If the peaches fall on the ground and the peaches are there with some plum curlio within the peaches, they're completing their life cycle. That's only making things worse. So, there's only so much you can do. People are mentioning, you know, in terms of things like killing, you know, animals or trapping animals or bagging the figs or bagging the fruits or doing whatever it is you can do to each of these fruits but you want to go through all that or do you want to just have the right genetics to start you know um first off the squirrels are the only thing bothering my figs at this point and i have a certain amount of figs that certain varieties that the figs don't even see or the squirrels they don't even see they don't even bother um it's kind of incredible there's certain varieties of figs and it just seems like the darker colored figs with the flatter shape are always getting attacked by whatever it is and the lighter colored figs with the right shape are basically producing consistently at a high quality they're avoiding every single issue you can think of and it's just uh yeah i'm tired of banging my head against the wall guys that's that's really what it is and we talked about this in other videos and you guys thought i was upset and you guys were like oh ross is so upset with the hobby but it's just a realistic we're we're being realistic guys we're not being upset we're not being overjoyed we're we're right in the middle we're just being realistic so that's what it is all right so here's what i think personally are some of my favorites we'll show you guys photos as we go but, of course, you got the Azores Dark. You got the Malta Black. These have the right shape. Um, they dry really easily. They have great humidity resistance, split resistance, crack resistance. Any of the Hardy Chicago types I have find, I find are just perfect. It doesn't matter really which one it is. I've come to the conclusion. There are some that might taste better than others, but I had some Hardy Chicago's. Um, I had one today, actually, that was dried up on the tree. Absolutely perfect. It was probably the best hardy Chicago type I've ever had. But that was because it was at the perfect, perfect ripeness. So, you know, how patient can you get with this stuff? Um, are some of these better than others? Yeah. But honestly, if you just get a hardy Chicago, you're going to be happy no matter what. Um, maybe you find one that's cheap, like Marseille Black or something, or or like, uh, you know, Tacoma Violet or something. In Malta Black's pretty cheap. You'll be, you'll be just as happy with probably that as you would be with an Azores Dark. Um, so I am I am on the fence on the Hardy Chicago types, believe it or not. We'll get to that why in a minute. Um, just in general, they are what I would consider the most reliable fig you can grow in a humid place. But I actually think with what is now coming into my yard and what is um some of the newcomers i actually think there are better alternatives so we'll get into that in a minute but there's also the celeste style fig so i could as an example really just put any celeste styled fig in this category and just say there it is right it it has it deserves a spot there's blue Celeste, there's black Celeste, there's improved Celeste. We did a whole write up here recently on the blog about all the different Celeste styled figs. I'm actually trying to grow many of them now, and some of them I had not grown in the past. Like, we're going to try to find. Um, I thought about growing Southern Brown Turkey. We just started growing LSU uh, Scott's Yellow. We're going to grow some Golden Celeste strains. Um,. But just in general, you'd be real happy with something like LSU purple, blue celeste, and Peru celeste. LSU tiger, you know, um, black celeste. I think is going to be the best of the bunch. There's also LSU Huye, Scotts yellow, champagne. They're all fantastic, fantastic varieties. But here's what I think is going to be the best of the bunch for a couple reasons here. And it, you have to really read through this blog post to really understand my thinking. But I think for sure, Black Celeste is going to be the best of the bunch. It's going to have the best flavor and it should have all the other characteristics that Celeste styled figs have. And I haven't um, ripened any just yet, but I have a number of trees. So it's like, can I really say that for sure? No, but um, that's my hunch. That's my leaning, right? Blue Celeste, there's many different types of Celeste and Blue Celeste as we talk about in this blog post, I think, um, out of the, out of the types of Celeste, whether they're Celeste or blue Celeste, there's going to be one strain among those. That's going to be King. It's going to be the best, whatever that is, is going to be better than let's say something like LSU Tiger, because I do find LSU Tiger or Calderwood is basically just a larger blue Celeste, um, that has a less ideal shape to it and therefore it splits a little bit more than I would like it to. Um, Blue Celeste almost never splits. The different Celeste figs that I have, I have almost never seen one of them split. Um, Now, I also really like LSU Huye because it definitely has a different flavor profile. And I really was uh, riding the Albo train high prior to this video. But Albo is actually a flat fig with an open eye. So therefore, Albo, no matter how good it is, how awesome it is, I consider it in the same class as like Pastelier, in the same class as Rondé Bordeaux, because they're just as early. It's also a very different flavor profile. Um, However, LSU LSU Huye does seem to crack, believe it or not. It does get some large cracking... And it's not like it's impossible for it to split. However, it is a better performer than Albo for the reasons mentioned. And there. And it also fulfills a good flavor gap of that particular flavor profile. So of that flavor profile, it's the fruity honey profile here, which is right here. And of these, it seems like LSU Scotts Yellow, LSU Huye, And also this fig here, Pecciolo Bianco, could be the number one. I'm downgrading Albo out of that race because of the shape and because of what I saw this year, although it's a very tasty fig, um, and it ripens among the earliest. So, you know, not like it's a bad choice or anything like that. There's also uh, LSU Purple, um, which I'm not entirely sure where to place this just yet. And I do think it's a good tasting fig, but here's where we're going to get into this little debate. Inevitably, I'm going to get into this debate. Is that there's certain flavors of figs, right, guys? And some of them just taste very similar to others. And if they don't have necessarily a difference in flavor, I'm I kind of group them all together, just like I did with these fruity honey figs, with Huye and Scott's Yellow and Albo. Right? I group them all together. Choose the best one. So you could make an argument. You could. And I'm not saying it would be a great argument, but just for the sake of an argument, in this particular category here, I could group up Azores Dark. I could group up Blue Celeste. I could group up Malta Black, LSU Purple, Moro de Caneva, um, maybe Campaneri, that's debatable. But I could basically group those up. Also, I could group up maybe... Um, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. I mean, th- they're not exactly the same, but let's say I could I could definitely group up without a doubt. I could group up Moro de Caneva, Blue Celeste. Those two for sure. I mean, they, they just taste very, very similar. that they're sugar figs with some berry notes to them right Um, Azores dark malted black they got more berry flavor to them less of that sugar flavor more berry um, a little bit more complexity to their flavor but all in all if you really really think about it you could I guess put them together in a similar slot and then therefore I think there's an argument that could be made that maybe one of them at some point in the future will come out on top and will just be the one that I eventually narrow it down to. It could also just be that they're different enough at some point in the future that I just keep them. And that's it. Um, So I don't know exactly where I'm going with that just yet, but that's a thought in my mind. Is Azores Dark, Malta Black, Moro de Caneva blue celeste maybe a couple of these other ones here oh and then that brings us to rosalino because rosalino is basically a hardy chicago fig but it's not it's so strange if you looked at the fig and we did a review of this one day we did a bunch of figs in one video and we reviewed actually i think we did it twice we we reviewed rosalino actually here's rosalino from paulo's It really does look very similar to a hardy Chicago. It tastes similar. The leaves look similar. But you can tell there's something about it that's not a hardy Chicago type. It's certainly – I would not – out of all the hardy Chicago types, and how some of them are just quite different than the others, I wouldn't place it in that category um, because I don't think it is. I think it's actually the furthest apart from them – that you can get. Here's actually a Rosalino here that was so, so good that we got the video of that it blew me away. Because Rosalino has this amazing ability to dry up on the tree better than Azores Dark, better than Malta Black, better than any hardy Chicago type I've ever grown. Um, it does it a lot quicker. In fact, it does it almost at the rate that nerucciola de elba does and also the rate that verdino del nord does so you know we've talked a lot about verdino del nord and nerucciola de elba those are the two best figs you can grow here in this climate that i've come across so far why they have the most superior drying capabilities that you can have right behind it is rosalino um so i'm per i'm for that reason i'm really high on rosalino and i actually think at one point it could replace all the other hardy chicago types and it wouldn't even be close it wouldn't even be close guys it would be a very much so a no-brainer that's what rosalino is used for in italy whatever province it is that they grow rosalino in high quantity it's used as a dry fig they pick them once the fig starts to really dry up in the tree, it tastes so complex. It's really, really good. It's basically like eating candy. Um, it really did impress me this year, and um, for that reason, I think at some point, some of these are going to have to. They could easily get bumped. It's they could get bumped down to a keeper. So that's what we're looking at here: is that we got the best of the early varieties, the best of the mid season, the best of the late varieties, the very late varieties. We have the best keepers that I can sort of say that they're definitely a keeper, at least so far. Um, that you would not be upset growing any of these. Personally, I don't think you would be upset in any form for a lot of us to be growing any of these figs. And then I have some things called runners up, and these are just basically the um, the figs that I think I'm the most I think have the most promise to then jump up into this section here. And I just need a lot, I need more testing. I need more information. These are figs over here that also have potential, um, but there's a lot less I know about them than I do of these varieties here. Um, so again, I mean, there, even this this list could probably be a bit longer, maybe even a bit shorter. Um, you know, none of this is final of course, but um, yeah, it just goes to show you that it's not like we're done, this whole thing's over or anything like that. We're still going to keep continue to keep going and, and trying to find which ones are the best for this particular climate. Um, so yeah, we could talk more and more about all these, I think, but eh, I don't think we really have to. I do really enjoy Moro de Caneva. It, it reminds me a lot of... Um, in terms of a commercial fig, I should say, it has really good commercial potential. It has an extremely long stem, making it very easy to pick. It's got great flavor. I mean, look how long the stem is. The stem is just as long as the actual length of the fig, which is insane. And that's pretty consistent, I've seen, off my tree. It tastes great, even when you pick it early. These are some I picked early. It also can, um, really get nice and, um, dried up in the way that a Ronde de bardo can not really a dried fig but as dried or as candy like as you can get it really turns into uh some fig candy at that point um yeah i mean they're definitely one of my favorites now Campaneri is another one i guess i want to mention for a minute because it's possible that Campanieri would be the best of all the early figs just in terms of Having one that's super, super early, of those super, super early figs, Campaneri might be the best one. And like, here's some of them right here that I have listed of like the very, very, very early varieties. You know, I don't know when all these are going to ripen, but it seems like some of them, like Moro de Caneva and Rosalino, might be a little bit behind some of the earliest varieties maybe like a week or two behind and would almost be putting them into like a mid-season category malta black and azores dark are very early varieties Um, but it's possible that and even blue celeste is a very early variety but i do think that campaneri might have what it takes we'll see i don't know I didn't get many to try this year because of the birds, uh, actually took quite a few of them as they were ripening and that tree, I think it needs a number of years to really mature. Um, that variety needs a number of years before you can really definitively say, I think too much about it. So I did like it the first year I've liked it this year. But I haven't seen it really even at the maturity level it was at last year. Last year, at the end of the season, it was gray. It was perfect. Um, tasted fantastic. I'll show you a photo of it. I guess I don't have a photo of it. Um, I would have to go to my YouTube channel. Let's see here. Campaneri fig yeah so here it is right here and you can see in the image guys that it's like gray it's gray here's another one here that's green here's some other ones here um, that were reviewed they're green right they're ripening green 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 this should be a gray fig and I know there's obviously differences in climate and differences in potassium and different reasons why the skin color isn't right but I think when this fig finally matures, you'll see it consistently gray, and that's when you'll know that um, it really has finally matured. All right, so let's continue on because we could talk about this stuff for hours, and uh, I don't want to be here for hours. (laughs) We want to get to the Q&A at some point, right, guys? By the way, guys, cheers. Anybody out there who's um, been sticking with me for a long time now, Thank you guys. I do appreciate it. We're uh we're continuing to grow here on the channel even though that's not necessarily our main objective, but uh I do appreciate all the loyal people out there who've been sticking with me for a long time. I do uh really appreciate it. And all the Patreon subscribers, um all you guys that uh comment, you know, watch the videos on a daily basis. You guys are the best. Um, I do appreciate a lot of you guys. Um, <clears throat> so let's continue on to the the mid season category here. I think this category has some of the best tasting figs. Um, I don't know why that is exactly, but if you really were to rate, I would say the flavor in category in the early category, it's high, but the mid season varieties are probably higher um particularly i really think verdino del nord is probably one of the best tasting figs i have um so is hated de argentil um so is smith as well um and then if i even go to the next category i think de la roca is the best tasting fig i have um not only is it the best tasting fig i have but it is I'm skipping ahead here, but it's incredible. And you guys really, no one talks about this fig. No one gives it any credit. It's basically a better col-de-dom, guys. It really is a col-de-dom. Think of a col-de-dom, how amazing that is. But then give it the ability to dry on the tree. I mean, you're eating perfect fig jam literally every time. Um, it dries so well that it dries about as well as like something like Sucrete, something like uh, probably Rosalino. I wouldn't say on the same level as Verdino del Nord or nerucciola de Elba, um, but it dries so good. It tastes so freaking good. I think I have a photo of it. There we go, right here. Look at that. It's a little smaller than a Col de Dom, got similar shape, right? It still has the neck, still has that teardrop shape to it, but it's incredible. It really, the flavor, the complexity, the texture, the fact that it's a dried fig. I mean, it just like, it's, it's as good as it can get here. Really, it really is. Um, so for me, that one is like, I'm making a lot of copies of that one. Um, even a friend of mine, Brian in Louisiana, shout out to Brian. If he's watching or Linda, if they're watching right now, um, Brian was telling me the other day that, uh, De La Roca is his best fig. He lives in Louisiana, which gets a ton of rain, ton of humidity. Um, I can, I completely agree. It's one of the best figs for humidity, um, that you can grow. He doesn't grow, I think he doesn't grow Verdino del Nord. So when he does grow Neruccio de Elba and Verdino del Nord, maybe he'll change his mind. But um, for me, it's in the top five of all my varieties for sure, without a doubt. Um, Hative. we just did some videos on this. Really impressed me with the cherry flavor. Amazing characteristics, similar to Smith. Also, of course, I've been a big-time believer in Smith for a long time. Um... Zephiro, i'm still on this fig except that our tree died and i don't even have a zafiro (laughs) so we're we're getting one from a friend and uh i want to make many copies of it as quickly as possible but i don't know how (laughs) how that's gonna really work um you know that's a fig if you can find it i think is really well worth growing assuming it comes from the right source because you know, there is a little bit of weird stuff around that variety, but I don't know how much truth there is to that. But that one's a really good one, especially for something different that you could, I guess, relate to LSU Purple. But even LSU Purple reminds me a lot of when it matures because I was at my friend Garrett's place, um, really only five miles away. He has an in-ground LSU Purple. It survives the winter every year. It's a very productive variety, It's mature. You could tell his tree is putting out some great quality fruits. Um, And his fruits taste a lot different than mine. It's really quite interesting how long it takes, I think, for that fig to mature. And I was pretty impressed by his tree. Um, And the fig, though, isn't as more caramel-like or sugar fig as I would have, or not sugar fig, I should say, you would think of LSU Purple as like a honey fig or a caramel-like fig, but actually I think it's more like a sugar fig. And I would say like Blue Celeste more like a sugar fig, Moro de Caneva, more like a sugar fig. So I actually think Zafiro is more along the lines of so different than all the others that I'm even recommending here that it's really well worth growing it. Um, and also it has really great rain resistance. Um that I was able to only really ascertain from one season, but it is what it is. Um, Sucret, I'm also, this one here, I'm kind of downgrading a little bit, and it may at some point not make the cut. It does tend to split. Um, not often, you know, it's not gonna be the first variety to split. It's not gonna split nearly as often as like even Ron de Bordeaux, but it does have that potential and um therefore um i think it's really in the shape honestly is that you can see here some sucret that we'll show you guys it is more elongated but it's not that perfect teardrop shape some of them are a bit flatter they have a fatter bottom to them and therefore i think that is probably why it can split but if you can get them If it's dry, if you have a dry climate they will dry on the tree it's one of those figs that really will um, I have to go back here unfortunately to uh, maybe even 2000, yeah last year Uh, well, that's my cousin's wedding so try not to creep too hard okay uh, yeah, so here's Sucret right here and just how amazing it is like Half of them were dried. They did have some bird packs in them But even with the bird packs they came out amazing. Here's the Sucret on the left It really is a tasty tasty fig. Definitely like a cold Dom replacement that I would consider On a similar playing field as De La Roca, but not as good Um, So you know, I, I could imagine this one being downgraded at some point, but for now it has a really solid spot because, I mean, l- look what we're talking about here. We're talking about literally like 20 varieties, right? This is 8, 7, 15, 16, 17, 18. We're talking about 18 varieties of thousands, you know? I mean, how, how picky do I really have to get? Would I be upset if I had 18 different varieties of figs? No. You know, am I going to be saying to myself I have to get down to five or I have to get down to three no you know there's going to be some genetic diversity obviously that I'm going to keep that I think deserves you know to be kept so you know at the end of the day how many varieties am I going to keep I don't know and maybe Smith makes the cut you know I, I don't know It's so hard to say, and it's going to be years down the road, unfortunately, before I figure that out because it was like uh, – it's an easy decision every single year. You know, if you guys go to – let's go to our – let's go to some of the call lists that we've done in the past because we're going to get to that in a minute. Let me just – go to our figs really quickly it was a weird way to get there but if I look if I search in here to my call list I did a a number of posts in the past Um, here's one from last year end of season thoughts and then this is one from 2017 so I have one from 2017 2018 I never made one I may have discussed that on the YouTube channel and then 2019 I did one as well so if I go down here here's the coal list from last year and most of this even though I was doubting some of it is still true to this day Um, same thing with this list this is from 2017 So the 2017 list, this was a pretty easy decision. You know, 2018, pretty easy decision. Even a lot of 2019 was kind of an easy decision. Now that we're in 2020, you're going to see how long this coal list is. I'll show you right now. This is the coal list. That's a pretty large amount of varieties there. What is that? that's 35 varieties. It's probably more than that in terms of just the amount of trees I have. So, you know, this was actually kind of simple, but the point I'm trying to make here, this was really easy to do. Getting rid of anything in here and then downgrading it to a keeper, getting rid of any of this is kind of difficult. Like anything in this category right here, or even anything in this category right here, is really quite a struggle. So, um, yeah, I think the point I'm trying to make is that this is, it's getting more difficult as we've been going through this. And, you know, some people ask me, well, you know, I can't do this. It's too difficult. Or I I can't, I I like my figs too much. I like, uh, you know, I am attached to them in some way. You know, in my opinion, this is not really that difficult until you really get down to the nitty gritty here towards the end of all this. You really have been doing this for a number of years, and um, you know, I just shake my head at those people. But you know, no, no offense to anybody out there like that. It's just, it's not a difficult decision, guys. Um, if you're just realistic, I think you can really come to some sort of conclusion pretty easily. Uh, Borges soak Greece. we haven't decided between... I think this one's going to be the king between Violet Sapor and Socorro Black and Black Greek. Um, I think that one, I'm just saying right off the bat as a hunch, I think will be the best one, but I don't know. It could very easily be one of the others. I think so far, Violet Sapor and Borges soak Greece outperform the Socorro Black, but I don't know. Socorro Black's in a pot and that it's really not comparing. It's not a good comparison there. Shea Black. Uh, this is one I still am hopeful for. haven't tried it. I should get a fig very soon off my tree. Um, I have a number of these because I do anticipate it to be, of course, one of the best varieties you can grow. It's got the right shape. Um, it's more of a mid-season variety, although people have said it's more on the later side. Um, And then of course they say the taste is incredible. So we'll see how the flavor Matches up to some of these other figs because these are just incredible every single one of them in this category Is out of this world Then we've got some of the very very late varieties and again only 5% of my collection will be of these varieties But there is a place for them here, especially in the ground Under low tunnels, especially given a head start you have to give them a head start I'm not even sure I would grow De La Roca here without a head start. Um, But De La Senora got that super short hang time. Great flavor. um, Good rain resistance. Dell's Hermitons has fantastic rain resistance. Fantastic split resistance. It's got an unusual shape to it. um, But you can tell the skin really can hold up to a lot of abuse. And... um, For me, it's out of the late, the very, very late varieties, it's one of very few that are worth growing. Um, I think that one's a must try for a lot of people. Um, no matter where you guys live, I think it's, it's like, you know, it it should be like black Madeira where it's like, you got to try it. You know what I mean? Um, all right. And then there's some runners up, which we've talked about some of these in the, in prior videos, like Our last episode that we did a fruit talk, we talked about Barile. We talked about Fane. We talked about um, Pastelier. We talked about Bologne. actually. We talked about Pecciolo Bianco. But Pecciolo I've learned recently from Ciro, which is where this variety originates from in Italy. And he tells me it really is one of the best varieties that can dry. So, that tells me it's going to be in a similar category to like Elba, Verdino del Nord, Rosalino. Um, this one should be a really, really tasty fig. But I, I sort of think of it in the same way as Marsalese. Um, Marsalese is another fig that has really high drying capabilities. And there's another one called Carabacetta. I think that's how you spell it there here it is right here and i think i didn't put it in this category just yet for some reason that's not coming to me but they have really superior drying capabilities and therefore should uh should be above most of these varieties we talked about pistoludo as well in the last episode um i think we talked about angiarolo we talked about virilino talked about salame and um, these other ones here i'm just kind of hopeful for i'm more than the varieties in this list you know i still don't have a whole lot of information on this one um this one i actually want to hold off on talking about just for now um verdino giacomo this one seems to have really great drying capabilities as well uh Tolosa, i have talked about with you guys I see a lot of potential in that fig. Um, it seems to be a really good producer, a good grower, easy to fruit, um, puts out the right size, the right shaped figs, um, has good flavor to it. Un- as It should have a really good flavor to it when everything's said and done. Takes a while to mature. Um, there's Scott's yellow we talked about. Uh, Nefiaach is a French fig that has some good potential to it but I think the si- the shape of it is more s- round so maybe um, not so great. I think also Mars has a round shape too. Uh, La bourgeoisie this is a earlier Col de Dom in many different ways. Uh, people have compared this to a col de Dame. So this is one of the Col de Dom replacements I've been thinking about. That actually should ripen mid-season so that will be interesting um, to eventually get some fruit off of that and then of course there's the Colonel Lippman's black cross which is essentially the black Madeira replacement and uh, I've been looking at some photos of Colonel Lippman's black cross a lot of them are smaller than black Madeira but not all of them are as flat as black Madeira and I don't know if that's gonna be consistent or not we'll have to see but it seems to be a more pyroform shape to it than more of that flat round shape. Um, so in sort of instead of a urisolato, it could be pyroform. If it is more pyroform, then that would definitely back up what a lot of people have been saying about Colonel Lippmann's and that Colonel Littman's doesn't split as often, right? Why doesn't Colonel Lippmann's split as often as Black Madeira? Well, it's the shape right? I mean, it's it's kind of, it really all just clicks at a certain point here, guys. Um, so those are really, I think, the figs that I want to talk about in terms of the keepers, in terms of why I think certain figs are so great. Um, I think White Madeira... Um, I think, you know, let's talk about some of the keepers real quick. So White Madeira and Strawberry Verte, they probably deserve a spot somewhere, but they both are not immune to splitting. Same thing with Blanche de Deux Cezanne. Probably not immune to splitting. So it has more of that splitting that's going to happen. It's going to be downgraded into this keeper list, right? The Col de Doms, great figs in their own right, but I think we found a really good replacement in De La Roca um improve celeste again i really highly recommend it same thing with champagne and tiger Wait, triana we've talked about and the only thing i don't like necessarily about triana is the hang time we planted it in the ground we're going to have a tasting video that's going to come out i think on monday and um so the reason i don't i i think there's still some hope for it we could actually technically put it in this category i guess but We'll see what the ground, like having it in the ground, what that does to the hang time. I have a feeling, because it needs like 12 to 14 days before it's perfect, of a hang time. That's a really long time, by the way. If I can have it in the ground, maybe that hang time will reduce to something like seven or eight, you know, eight or nine days. I should, I think that's pretty conservative, maybe or a realistic hope. Um, so if that happens, then maybe I would reconsider it and maybe put it back into this category here. Some of these others are just really good standards that you can't go wrong with, like Sultane and Greece de St. Jean and the Daloso, um, Long to Do, Vila de Bordeaux, Negretta is another one. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of these. Negra de Ogde, a lot of people are really... Saying good things about. And there's a reason I forget what it is exactly. I think it might be the shape. And then it might split a little bit more often than I would like. And that's why it's in this category here. Um, Same thing with Paradiso Ciro. It just doesn't have that right shape. But it's still a really fantastic fig. I do think it reminds me a lot of Panache. All right. Let's continue on to... So we talked about the varieties we're keeping, the keepers, the varieties we love. Now let's talk about the coal list here really quickly. Um, Baccarino is a circular shaped fig that has an open eye, and therefore it gets a little bit of mold in there and it's not that tasty. Um, <clears throat> black Beauty 10 is more of a black mission type. Um, I think it does have some potential. I'm not going to lie. I don't necessarily... Maybe I should rethink it. Um, you know, I kind of think of it in the same way as, like, LSU Purple. Because LSU Purple, guys, for those of you who don't know, is, is kind of a lot like a Black Mission. And it's got some other weird, interesting flavors to It doesn't look exactly like it. The colors aren't exactly the same, but... It's a, it's a similar style of fig to Black Beauty 10. And I wonder if Black Beauty 10 would surprise me at some point. It, it probably would. I don't know. Maybe I should rethink. I'm going to rethink this one. Uh, Black Madeira, for sure. It's got that flat shape to it. This is a Hardy Chicago type here. Black Province, I'm not really seemingly too into it. It's a Violet de Bordeaux type. Black Sadar, very flat, you know, big eye. I don't see a world in which that one's going to do well here. This one drops a bunch. You know, this one's got the flat shape. Great flavor, by the way. I mean, there's a lot of pluses to these figs, too. It's not like, uh, you know, these are horrible, horrible figs. Like, It wasn't like this was a very difficult decision, as I mentioned, but... You know, there's definitely a, a world in which having some of these would make sense. My colded on Blanca Negra, believe it or not, is a flat fig. And uh, my friend Steve has a similar shape to his. And therefore, doesn't work out. Detrace uh, place also does split. It's more of a round shape. Round. Italian 258. It's flat. It splits. Iraqi Palmada Hybrid. I wasn't too high on it. Um... It does produce figs quite easily, and I really haven't even had one yet that was perfectly ripe. It seems to have a very long hang time, which is not good. Similar to White Triana. Uh, well, we're gonna. This is not the final list, guys. As I mentioned, it's not the final keepers list. It's not the final. These are my best variety list. So, you know, bear with me here. But this one's definitely on the chopping block. Chopping block is Mir. Drops all the figs. Is Mir not? People say it's similar to cold on Blanc. I think it's extremely different. Uh, it's not even in the same class as colden on Blanc. Um, it also is a much larger fig. It has a good shape, but it takes forever to ripen. It has a very, very long hang time. And it doesn't do well in colder temperatures. So if you have a cold fall, it's not a fig for you, in my opinion, little Ruby. A very small circular fig that has a big eye. Um Medieval, this one has never put out figs or ripened any figs for me. Mosca del Preto is a, a flat fig. Uh this is a hardy Chicago type that I wasn't impressed with. Yellow Nietzsche is still on the fence about it. Very early variety, by the way. Sweet Joy splits, doesn't produce well. Torres Novas, circular fig that splits. Victoria it's a black mission type that's quite late not really impressed with it. I do like the flavor Ubon, I think this one's mislabeled. I'm not even gonna sell it Um, Jade This fig I've had for three years have not been impressed. There was one fig that I did think had potential uh, this year but uh, it's not The right fig here and I think if it's caprified it's amazing so this is a California fig probably Um, I have a fig that I thought was a cold and but I'm not entirely sure if it is anymore I don't know what it is Um, so it's kind of a weird little thing there with that tree I don't really know what to expect it should ripen fruit but it's taking its damn time you know uh, the Morris Nigra mulberry, obviously not a fig, but I don't see really a great benefit in rowing that. It doesn't seem worth it to me. Um, Cotio verdal hasn't really put out any figs, and if it did, they dropped, but I think it just hasn't produced any figs. And if I look at the shape of it, um, I'm sure the shape, Probably isn't right, but we're gonna have to look at. We're gonna have to do another look at that. I'm gonna ask people always before you guys get rid of these varieties. I like to do a nice little post on the communities. Yeah, it seems quite flat, um, but I like to ask people on communities what they think of it, if they have any photos, what are where are they at with this variety? Because maybe they see something in it then I don't, and that's always possible that they have something. Um, that they're seeing something that I'm not or maybe their tree is more mature whatever you know maybe they have a particular climate or something that went right for them um, be all again it doesn't have a good shape to it i'm not really all that impressed with it i think lSU purple is better and similar enough i think also a is better and similar enough same thing with osborne you could say the same exact thing about Although I really like Osborne. It's a good tasting fig. Um, early Violet. Um, this one doesn't seem early. <laughs> it's not early at all. In fact, uh, it says early. it's named Early Violet, but it's not early. So I don't get it. Maybe it's mislabeled. I don't think it's mislabeled. I don't know what it is. We're going to find out, I guess, in the next little bit of time here. Teramo again, it's it's a round fig that splits Fico love drops a lot of figs. I Think love if you're patient. It's probably worth it. I just am not that patient um, With that one as probably as I should be so if there was probably two I would reconsider it probably these two And I probably will reconsider that at some point Um. Figus Jean is a, a very early variety of the earliest, maybe even before Ronde Bordeaux, but it's, uh, it's a flat fig, it's a round fig that splits. So, yeah. Um, I think that really described my thoughts in really good detail. As you can see why I like certain figs, why I don't like certain figs, and now it, it sort of really makes sense, and it took me all this time to realize that it's the shape it's not the size it's the shape we're looking for that right shape if we got that from the beginning we're going to be successful here so anyway guys um let's do the q a um i need some water (laughs) maybe a little bit more wine how's everybody doing how is the heat doing right now and the celtics anybody know that You don't have any sound. All right. Give me one second, guys. I'm going to close my window. So, kind of, you know. it sucks getting old guys <laughs> i was doing some shoveling <laughs> just some shoveling you know just digging around I was, tra- I was planting some perennials i dug up some perennials and um i was just walking really i was i was walking i wasn't even shoveling but this is after i was doing some shoveling and uh pulled my back out For really the first time ever it was so painful that yesterday I couldn't really even think Um, so really not happy about that and today I have been a lot better obviously (sighs) thanks for asking guys Um, and now my sciatic nerve hurt is bothering me so it's really weird how this whole thing's happening maybe it's all connected what Regardless, I should probably be standing up right now or doing some stretches or something. I'm just happy to be better at this point. All right, here we go. Let's do this Q&A here, guys. Who's got some wine? What are you guys drinking out there? All righty. Yeah, hello everybody. If I haven't said hello. Hello, Tarek. What's good? Zamira. Hello. The figs you listed in your spreadsheet that are the most cold hardy, would they survive in ground zone 6A? No. I don't believe so. I don't believe any fig will survive 6A. I'm in 7A, um, and almost none of them survive here. There is a hardy Chicago, um, and maybe there's others that have potential to do that, um, to survive here. I have a friend, again, my friend Garrett, who lives five miles away from me. Almost all of his figs survive there in the ground. So I don't know what it is. Maybe I haven't given some of them enough of a chance. Um, Maybe he is truly warmer where he's at, as he says. Um, So I don't know. But 6A is a stretch, man you could maybe make an argument for Campanieri, but if that was like negative, I think that was negative four degrees Fahrenheit. There's also St. Martin, which people claim could survive very, very cold temperatures, but six days a stretch, you know, you really got to cover them or, you know, either wrap them or cover them. And I would honestly plant them in a mound and mulch the mound in the winter, uh, unmulch the mound in the spring, and then um, really build a pretty decent mound too. Build like a one-foot-high mound and plant the fig in the mound. And then I would even consider using some plastic or season extension if you could. Um If not, you should wrap it. So either wrap it or cover it. If you cover it, do some season extension. All right. TJ says, De La Plata is real round, and you say it splits. Yeah, De La Plata does split. Um, Actually, it's one of the worst. (laughs) It splits all the time. Um, and I believe it's a flat fig isn't it let's find out let's look listen if Pons by the way guys if he says anything in his book you gotta believe it Um, he's never been wrong that I have ever read in his book most of the things that he has said in his book I was very skeptical in the beginning of and then I realized I should have just believed the guy You know? (laughs) He was right all along. Yeah, so De La Plata, this is the one that I'm growing, or was growing. It's quite flat. And There's the Bell one here. I don't know. Let's see, which one was I growing? No, I was growing this one. De La Plata Campanera. So, it's not a... you know, the worst fig in the world in terms of its shape, I guess. But it is quite flat. But, you know, read through his book. Look, there it is right there. <laughs> there it is right there, guys. I mean, come on. Just read through. If you read through this and you know some Spanish, you could read here. It says, um, uh, let's see. Here it is. Usually at the end, uh, so it's sensible, it's sensitive to rain, which is uh, luvus, uvias. Um And then susceptible also to opening of the eye is what that means. So, yeah. Susceptible and sensitive to rain. I, I'm going to call it quits there on that one. TJ also says that Ragnar 1 splits real bad in San Diego. It was an elongated pyroform. Okay. Um. TJ, what are you talking about? Did you win? Did you win some cuttings? Of Way Triana? Um, you know, sometimes if the tree is if the variety is young, the tree is young, it just it could split, you know? So You got to wait till these things mature a little bit. Um, I don't even know what Ragnell 1 looks like, but I thought most of the Russo's varieties are pretty flat. Almost all of them, I remember being quite flat. Blaine's asked, can you grow a fig in a pot? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In Dallas, though, I wouldn't. Um. You know, half my varieties, Blaine, are grown in pots. EC says for split resistance, is there any difference between in ground and grown in a pot? I think there is, but the only difference that I can at least say for sure is that I think there's probably a a greater difference than uh, there's probably more than one reason. Let's say that, but the main reason that I can come that I know for sure is that there's a difference in the consistency of the soil moisture. So if the moisture is consistent, no matter if it's in a pot, no matter if it's in the ground, it's going to split less. And I did that last year with my pots. Remember, I covered them all with trash bags. So we completely controlled, for the most part, every ounce of moisture that got into the soil of our pots. And by doing that, we were then able to realize that my fruits had a higher bricks. They didn't split as often. They lasted longer on the counter. They didn't ferment as easily. Uh, They were just of the highest quality I've ever grown, actually. Um, Last year was a shocking uh, difference in quality to this year and any other year for that matter just simply because we control the water perfectly. You know, you don't always have time for that, and you can only really do that in a pot. What, you guys live in a dry place like Phoenix, like Mark is in, you don't even need to worry about it. Um. All right. EC says, can you add shape to your Google Sheet in one of the columns? Yeah, I probably should, shouldn't I? Um, Believe it or not, some of the things that we – it was kind of interesting because I wanted to originally track, if you guys remember, I wanted to track all these different things and then really have hard data to back up what I was saying. But uh, eventually I just learned that you don't necessarily need this. Yeah, it would be nice. But if you just know some certain pieces of information, like the shape, um, like the hang time as an example, you're going to be able to guarantee if you have the right shape, you have a shorter hang time, you're going to be able to guarantee that that fig is going to perform a lot better where I live than a fig that doesn't have the right shape and has a longer hang time. You're almost going to be able to guarantee. Also, if you can guarantee that it dries well on the tree, you can pretty much guarantee it's going to be at a higher quality. It's not going to spoil. It's going to have a good texture to it. Um, the skin's going to be not that bad to eat either. Um, you can pretty much guarantee all of this, <laughs> except for maybe the vigor and the productivity. Um, you know, so, and also the ripening date. But, yeah, I mean, some of it was just, like, very redundant, I thought, after learning more. All right. Dustin says, does teardrop-shaped figs handle um, the rain better? Yep. Um, so, Poppy said... What's going on, Poppy? You live in Tokyo. You want some... Uh, recommendations for tokyo well um tokyo is a very far distance to be shipping them unfortunately so your best bet is probably to get them um maybe from somebody in hawaii or something you know maybe somebody on the west coast i wouldn't Personally, there's some of you guys out there who want me to send you cuttings in other countries. And I don't mind doing that, especially to, like, Mexico or Canada or Europe. Um, but if you go further than that, you go further than Europe, um, You, the chances of you receiving the cuttings in good condition is a lot lower. So I would... I just think it's kind of a waste of your time and your money, um, personally. So I try not to encourage those people. You know, there's people in the Middle East that want all kinds of cuttings from me all the time. And it's not like I won't ship to you guys. I just don't think it's really a great idea. Um, Plus, it's a lot of work, guys, to ship to other countries. You know, there's a lot of custom information you got to fill out. You know, it's a lot of work to consistently be doing. But Poppy, the ra- the varieties I recommend are in my spreadsheet that we just talked about, really. Everything we just talked about. AM said, can't you just bag the varieties that split by bagging the pots? Um, Yeah, you can... Like I said, you can bag the pots to prevent the moisture from getting in, from the rain. Uh, Bagging the figs isn't going to help them from splitting, if that's what you mean. Um, Am I getting rid of black Madeira? Yes. My in-ground black Madeira will remain, and there is hope for it still. There is hope also for Italian 258 still, if you plant it in the ground. As my friend um, Brian, who actually just sent me a text uh, that I mentioned earlier, he really loves De La Roca. His other favorite fig was black Madeira and he lives in Louisiana. So I certainly agree with him. And he, I think he was really telling me this for a while is that there's a really big difference between a fig that's planted in the ground and a fig that's planted in a pot, which kind of goes back to, you know, what somebody was saying here, EC was asking about, is there a difference between growing in the ground and in the pot? And, there is because in the ground the moisture becomes so consistent especially as you get a larger tree your roots go deeper and wider you know it's it's pretty darn consistent that moisture so unless it's really pouring outside i think even something like black madeira probably won't split um all that frequently so you're you're a little bit more it's more forgiving in the ground i think and there's maybe some other characteristics that might change that I'm I'm kind of interested to see what ends up happening um, let's see here. Zari said uh, my Genovese Nero split this year in Northern California also I watered it more often with 101 degree Fahrenheit temperature. yeah now I realize well some of it split first time in 15 years it happened. Man, you've had Genevieve's Nero for 15 years. That's—I don't know if that's even a thing, but um, yeah, all that water is definitely going to help them split. TJ said I hit a plateau with the hobby. Maybe it's because we didn't—we couldn't group up this year. Yeah, it's always so much fun when we can group up and and uh, you know hang out with everybody in person. Ross, have you considered moving to a different zone? <laughs> yeah i guess i have but i like this area of the of the world you know all these people like my friend doug and and joe who just got hit with tragedies like we don't have those here we don't have horrific events that could totally just change your life you know i don't want to put all this work into an orchard to then have it just totally wiped away one day you know that's ridiculous Poppy said that he agrees with uh, your practical idea, which we should grow the varieties which uh, suits one's climate. Yeah, Jeremy, is there? Jeremy said, "Is there? I think there's something about later varieties of fruits that is less desirable to pests." Planted two to three old plum trees this spring: Italian prune, Santa Rosa, Santa Rosa, and a gold plum. The pests ate the crap out of the Italian prune plum in Santa Rosa. You know. Um, I don't know if the color of it certainly matters, but there is certainly genetics within each variety that has a huge factor. Um, Also, your soil. And I know for a fact, silica is really, really impressive. Silicon, really, really impressive for the pest resistance of any tree or any plant. So, I would spread, I would give them some silica. Put that down on the soil, you're going to see a lot better results. Also, young trees are more prone to this. Yeah, I mean, if you planted a very large tree, exactly, it's exactly what you did. You planted three, two to three year old plum trees. So they're very old trees or they're older trees. They didn't transplant well. Some of them, the gold plum probably transplanted better than the other one. And the one that was stressed got attacked. The one that wasn't a stressed didn't. Dustin said, have you considered breeding figs? No, I think it's a well, I don't want to say it's a complete waste of time, but um, I have yet to been proven that any seedling can really perform better here than um, any of the varieties that have been grown and adapted to pers- particular climates for a very long time. The varieties that have been adapted over hundreds of years are the best varieties and those are the ones that we grow we grow them because over many years of history they were preserved for what reason they were the best over time they got better and better they adapted and that's why we have them today so i have made it sort of my mission just to find what's the best already that exists not necessarily what seedling is new however if you look at the lsu figs They're pretty darn impressive, you know, so you can breed some very important characteristics into your figs or out of your figs, um, which is quite difficult to do, I would imagine. A lot of time, a lot of land, you don't get a whole lot out of it. I mean, look at Joe, for an example, you know. Um, He just got hit with a giant hurricane, so um, I think he was really on to something, too, at some point, at least he was saying. I think that'd be a better question for him and probably he would say the total opposite of me, right? Um, And I don't want to put down anyone that's finding these seedlings in California, but as I say, seedlings I just have not been impressed with. Name one seedling that has performed well in a humid climate or a shorter season climate like my own. Um, it's, It's not until that seedling then... Is grown in a less ideal climate for a many many years and has adapted to that climate to then really do well here it's not impossible but I think it's less likely and therefore um, I haven't considered breeding figs yo what's up Nick thanks uh, for watching buddy yeah we'll definitely get together sometime um, I'm sure at some point we'll we'll see each other, no doubt. Um, all right, AM said, thanks for introducing me to figs. Yeah, you got it. Uh, thanks for the information on melons that you were telling me about. EC said, how long does it take for a fig tree to adjust to the microclimate for unique characteristics? That's a great question, and I don't know. And I imagine it could be... In a way, as short as five years, um, there is a maybe even less than five years. There is a, a thought that I have, at least, that and some other growers have had this thought. If you take a variety like, uh, let's say, Marseille Black VS, which is from Herman his collection, and you actually took cuttings from Herman's yard. And let's say you had another Marseille black vs from another person's yard but it wasn't herman and they lived in a much warmer place than herman let's say you got it from harvey versus herman there is an argument that could be made because herman has lived and grown Marseille black in such a crappy climate and such a cold climate for such a extended period of time it's possible that it has sort of already adapted and it may have a better chance of surviving in your climate if it's cold than let's say a marseille black from harvey but does that make any sense if you really think about it i don't know because harvey also has the same genetics from harman's tree right i don't know it really it really does depend but Pons has never mentioned anything, at least to my knowledge. Uh, He does not write about a particular variety in his book unless he's grown it for like eight or more years. So you definitely need a long time for them to mature. And I probably wouldn't comment or be too adamant about growing characteristics of a particular variety. Um, unless you were growing it for a very long time, at least five years. And some people talk about this stuff, they're in their first or second year, and they're talking about how it's not vigorous or something like that. And we're like, people who have been doing this for a long time, just roll their eyes because we know you won't be saying that or you might not be saying that many years from now. Um, Tropical and Co. said, thank you, bro. You're welcome. I don't know what for, but you're welcome. <laughs> EC said, was Black pool because it's too close to Borges Soak Grease? Yeah, it is. But again, it could be better than Borges Soak Grease. I don't know. Nictarius C said, uh, have you grown Aishia Black? Yeah, I'm growing it right now. I just haven't fruited it yet. I have a number of those trees because I really wanted to – I thought it has a lot of potential – Obviously, a lot of people have been saying a lot of good things about it for many years now. It took me so long to actually get the variety. It took me so long, but finally I have one. I I actually have a multiple. I grafted some as well. I rooted some. AM said, does your mid- to late-season variety list need a head start in a region? The The late varieties do, yeah. EC said, can you review Colonel Lippman's Black Cross? Haven't haven't uh, fruited it yet. It's in my greenhouse. It grows great. <laughs> I have uh, three of them in the ground, I think. Three of them. And one in a pot. And none of them have fruited. So just one of those uh, One of those things. Dustin said, do you have carabaceta? I'm not sure it's in the U.S. It is in the U.S., and I do have it. But I only have one small tree of it right now. Um, Fiona said... Can you take cuttings at this time in California? My violet is still trying to put out new leaves, even as they are starting to dry. I mean, you can take cuttings anytime you want. It's just not a good idea to take cuttings now. Um, I'm not entirely sure why you want to take cuttings now, though. Usually you'd wait until January when the tree's dormant. There's no leaves on the tree. If you're trying to protect the tree, um, you think it might die in a fire, then you could definitely take cuttings. You could also do an air layer. I don't know. I need more information. All right, guys, I'm getting tired, so we're at the wrap this up soon. <laughs> Where are we at here? Oh, we still got a lot more to go. Uh, Let's see. Nectaria does not quit. Berry flavor that does not quit. Red Red Lebanese Valley. Valley. Okay. Yeah, red Lebanese is another hardy Chicago type. So, um, again, how many of these hardy Chicago types do I want? Should I just settle with Azores Dark, Malta Black? I did taste um. I didn't taste that one actually. I think I killed it. I killed it this year. I killed my red Lebanese, but I could always get some cuttings. I'm sure very very easily, and um, and grow it and see what the deal is, but again there's also Rosalino right we just talked about that TJ said late summer cuttings just fine without any hormones Salvatore champagne what a name buddy Ross are those in your hardiness experiment inspired by Bill I'm doing the same with a number of them um, sort of but um, really it's taking into account everybody that lives in the Northeast you know or some information from somewhere you know if somebody in his own seven is growing it with success it's surviving then yeah um i'm not entirely sure if bill has um had any varieties survive in his particular location just yet i think you'd have to ask him i'm not entirely sure <laughs> jr was like is it just me? I have no sound. And then everyone's like, just you. Hope, Hopefully you figured it out. Um, Mark said the heater up by six at the half. All right. I'm honestly picking the Heat. And I picked either the Raptors or the Heat going in. That Those are my two Eastern Conference picks. And then of course the Raptors lost, so I guess the Heat has to win, right? For me to be right. Um. Okay. Jeremy said, "Well, I call Italian 58? Yes, it's flat. It has a Uricelado shape. However, again, it's gonna be it's in ground, and I'm not getting rid of that one. Because there is still a chance. Because it is in ground, for it to split a lot less than it does in a pot. Christopher said, is it possible for fig trees to get fig leaf curl? I don't think so. I don't think that's a thing. Lime seltzer keto. What is going on right now? Oh. (laughs) Yeah, my back um keto you think helps with your back pain why is that I'm interested to know what you think um, I think I just need to strengthen my core a little bit and do some stretches every day um, this is the first time in my life I've ever had back problems so I don't know I don't know what's going on Oh, TJ's drinking some Zinfandel. All right. I really like a dry Sauvignon Blanc from New Zealand. Those are are really good. Uh, They taste like apricots. Get one that tastes like apricots. That'd be great. Um, Let's see here. TJ said, no. (laughs) I'll give my little De La Plata a chance. All right. Well... Do whatever you want to do. EC said will transplanting first- year trees planted in ground this spring during winter impact growth the following year um, what you're planting them in the ground in the spring? I don't know what you're saying EC. yeah explain yourself here because um, I, first off let's just I think I know what you're getting at here but if you're gonna plant a fig tree and you live in a cold place probably wouldn't do it in the fall unless you're gonna protect it um, I would probably You could plant them in the fall, they get themselves in dug nicely. Like right now, if you planted one, they dig themselves in real nice, put out some roots before the season ends, which is great. Because then in the spring they wake up and they just take off, you know. Whereas if you plant them in the spring, takes them a while to get going. But if you plant them in the spring, it's a guarantee they survive the winter, right? EC said, are there any figs in your top performers, runners-up list, keepers list that you wouldn't recommend for a cordon, chop, and cover system? Um, Probably not. I mean, there isn't one that I think wouldn't do well because the cordon system is such a great system for productivity because it you can really space the the fruiting branches appropriately and that gets you great production every time am that sounds great buddy um definitely interested and i figured out my i think i may have figured out some things with the melons by the way and uh i think we'll save that for another episode or another video or something but a lot of it i think has to do with the the leaves and that You got to preserve as many leaves as possible. And um, if they get any sort of, you know, um, what's the word? If they get any sort of disease on the leaves, it's not good because then the leaves are going to die. You need to preserve all those leaves. It's kind of like fig rust on your figs. Also, my melons this year were just shaded, and I think that was a big part of it, just the fact that the corn was shading the melons. So I think if I grow the mall vertically next year and there's no cucumber beetle issues, I'll be extremely successful um, with the melons this year or this upcoming year. What is zeolite? guess we gotta look up what zeolite is now, guys. Zeolite. Microporous silicate minerals. Yeah, if it has silica in it and it's not wet, I probably won't use it. So, like, diatomaceous earth is one of those that I stopped using because of the silica in it and I know if you just wet it you're fine but alright Rose said have you heard of the variety called Galuzzo Bianco several growers rave about it for being very tasty never heard of it where did you hear about this variety? Who are these growers, by the way? Let's see if we can find anything on it. Galuzo Bianco fig. Oh my god, it is a fig! Yeah, no, this, I mean, if that's what that is, no. First off, this will never do here. This this would be a mistake. I mean, it's it's really big, but it's also the wrong shape. Um, This one, it might be different than this photo, you know? Might be a different fig that we're talking about. But let's just assume it's this one, because this is from... The uh, this dude here, this Achilles fegan guy who is a serious collector, and um, let's just assume this is it. And just oh, here is a better photo. Just looking at it, it looks like a pretty decent fig, but I wouldn't say it's you know incredibly tasty, right? I wouldn't be like, oh my god, I gotta try this fig, I gotta have it, gotta have it. let's see if we can find more photos this that looks better but it doesn't look mature you know what I mean it looks like hmm planted in bronze, unique in taste it definitely looks unique to me so I don't know what this is you know could be quite tasty. I you know, you never know. Really never know until you try it. If I had a guess, I would say it's probably just middle of the road. But yeah. Why not? Let's I think you should try it, right? If you can get it, why not? Cuz I don't I don't know many people that even grow that fig, so more people who grow it the better, right? To figure out what it's about. Mark said, I just got to protect okay to use it as a foliar. Yeah, of course. That's that's how I use it. Evan said, if you had to pick one, Elba or Campanieri, I would go with Elba. Um, Verdino del Nord is number one. Elba's number two, as it stands right now. I Beyond number one and two, I really can't say. It's just too close to really... To really say. Um, oh, Roca's number three. Yeah. Beyond number three, I have no idea. Stella, what's going on? I mentioned the wrong... Oh, green ice Okay. Alright. Uh Yeah, green ice can split pretty easily if you give it too much water. AM said, Ross, instead of selling figs, why don't you just sell fig trees and cuttings? Um. Well, there's not a whole lot of money to be made in selling fig trees and cuttings. I mean, there is right now, if you think about it. I mean, it's at least for someone like me in my position um, and I do you know uh, it's not like I don't make any money selling fig trees and cuttings it's nice as a nice little uh, side income right but as a long-term thing it's not going to last you know um, I will probably always sell fig trees and cuttings I'll probably never not do that Um well, I mean, at some point, probably, I will stop. But, you know, there there's a number of varieties that we go through. We like them enough. And then we're like, well, these deserve being in other people's collections, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to grow them, I'm going to preserve them, and I'm going to try to spread them around to as many people as possible because they're the most deserving, right? Um... Which is going to be great. But at some point in time, you know, there there isn't an infinite amount of fig varieties. I mean, there is. If you think about seedlings and all that. But, you know, people like me, we come to our senses. A lot of you guys eventually come to your senses and realize, you know, you don't need to have every single fig variety. Um, so... I just can't imagine I mean I think Harvey's been saying this for years is that he didn't think selling cuttings was gonna last forever thought it was gonna die down after a number of years and then it just did the opposite it kept going up and up Um, and it's still I guess on the up but yeah I mean that's not even a really great reason none of that's really a great reason honestly because I want to sell the fruit that's why I want to do it you know that's what the question was about you know I think there's a, uh the best part about doing any of this any of my YouTube channel doing anything I grow first off is me eating it and experiencing that awesome experience right but then the second most awesome thing is when I do it for you guys and I say hey TJ grow whatever fig right and then he grows De La Plata but when I say when I recommend you guys certain things whether that's a mar de bois strawberry or particular variety of tomato or whatever that whatever it is guys and I you know I I want you guys as well to have the same experience that I had so um, I think there's a lot of joy in that obviously I go to crazy lengths to have that experience this is why we drink expensive wine you know i want you guys to have the same experience as well and i love the feeling looking at somebody else's face when they eat a fig or a piece of fruit that was ripened really well and i know what it tastes like i know what they're going through i know what that feeling's like i know then the next thoughts in their mind are Oh my God! What have I been doing my whole life? I've been, I've been, de- I've been deprived, you know. I haven't had these figs my whole life. I haven't had these persimmons my whole life, you know. And I think that's just, um, I don't know. That's just one of the coolest things to me. I mean, I think selling the trees in a sense you're giving them more than the fruits because you're 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 allowing them to then experience the as many fruits as they want right but um, not everybody's gonna get is gonna do that you know there's different levels of ignorance right so there was me before I even started any of this when I was totally ignorant to all of it right Then there's some of you guys, like, you guys right now, you're not ignorant to at least the fact that you should grow the stuff. Um, So there's some people who are ignorant to growing the food, but at least they're not going to be ignorant to the fact that they can at least eat well, right? Right. What is NZSB? I don't know what that is. Christopher said dry homemade Sicilian. Dry homemade Sicilian salami? What are we talking about here? Uh Rose. Heard about it in German Facebook group, yeah. Um what's the name of that group? I might want to join. You know, some of these German guys—they um, live in a similar climate to me, so it might be to my benefit to uh, to join them. People, um, AM said thoughts on craving cra- Craven's craving. Last question, I promise. I really don't have many thoughts. You know, it's just a—it's a, uh, a black—it's a black Madeira type, very similar to black Madeira. No one really can deny that is it better than Cold, uh, the Colonel Lippman's Black Cross I don't know but Colonel Lippman's Black Cross for a number of reasons should be the best one here you know it should because of that shape does um, you know as an example does Craven's Craving have the right shape does it have that pyroform shape to it or is it more flat I don't I don't recall um, another thought I had about a fig recently Eh, forget it anyway guys you're no longer uh, deprived as far as I'm concerned Um, I will see you guys next week ah New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc there you go Um, anyway so I will see you guys next week Um, probably not live but uh, it was good to be able to do this again live for you guys I really do enjoy these these live streams that we do um I was well, I still am really busy but I figured because I threw my back out <laughs> I can't play tennis tonight so this was the next best thing, right? Um but yeah, I most Wednesdays now guys I I've been playing tennis. All right. I'll see you guys soon. Uh if you're interested, you know, check out those links that we put in the beginning of this episode. We talked about the blog by the way the contest if you want to win cuttings the contest is still going on until two people guess whichever fig this is we still don't even have many people have commented yet so um, you know guess whatever fig this is check out the stuff from the Staten Island fig festival if you're interested and um, um Yeah, if you haven't followed us on Facebook or Instagram, please do so. And if you want to be notified for when we're live on these videos, you just got to hit the bell button on one of my videos, and you'll be notified whenever we're live. All right, peoples. Isn't it fun to, like, go back to prior videos and um, see what everything looked like? I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? Just, like... First off, I would have had way more jujubies this year than that, but birds eat every single one of them this year. It was really upsetting. I mean, that's a beautiful fig right there. Um, where is the actual fig, though? The inside? Where is the inside? There we go. That looks pretty darn good, guys. And if I remember correctly, it was pretty darn good, but mine so far this year have not looked this good, which is kind of crazy. So maybe the second main crop, because I actually have two sets of main crop on my on my campaniri this year. Um, so the first set already ripened. The second set should be coming in relatively soon. So maybe the second set will be more mature. Who knows and you know what else is that Campaneri has more of a a flatter shape to it Um, but it hasn't been really splitting Um, and it's not really known as a splitter so you know even though I mentioned everything about you know the shape and all that doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna do that every time guys you know just because it has the wrong shape but all right guys Peace.